Welcome leaders, aspiring leaders, equity warriors, policymakers, educators, and barrier breakers. This is the Leaders Building Leaders podcast with me, Dr. Paul Coakley, Superintendent of Multnomah Education Service District. We are a pod that is dedicated to elevating voices, empowering others, speaking our truth, rethinking systems, and giving people their flowers. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, the Chair of Multnomah County, Jessica Vega-Peterson. Chair Peterson is the representative for the largest and most diverse county in the state of Oregon. She serves as the Chief Executive Officer of Multnomah County, overseeing a $3.3 billion budget. Under Chair Vega Peterson's leadership, the county supports residents across a wide range of services in collaboration and with our community partners and helps the county set strategic direction and priorities that focus on equity and collaboration. She received her bachelor's degree in informational systems management and philosophy from Loyola University in Chicago. In 2012, she became the first Latina to serve in the Oregon House of Representatives. She was elected to the Multnomah County Board of Commissioners in 2016, re-elected in 2020, and again in 2022. She continues to fight for inclusion, prosperity, and a vibrant county. It is my pleasure to join to be joined by Chair Vega Peterson. Hey there, it's so great to be here. Thank I, you. I, I just wanted to start off by saying, okay, so for this, should I call you Dr. Croakley or Paul, or what do you prefer on this? <laughs> you <can end? laughs> call, whatever you want, whatever is comfortable, you can call me Paul. Excellent. Um, so we'll uh, kind of first just start by sharing a little bit about your background and uh, what were things that led you to your current position? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because when I look back, I see that so many things in my life were really driving me to a career or a path of public service, um, starting from when, you know, my kind of youngest experiences as a student, as a as a emerging leader. Um, you know, there were incidents that happened as I was growing up that really made me aware of some of the big disparities that are in our world, right? I grew up in this really large Mexican-American family um, on my mom's side. And um, and then, you know, my dad's side of the family um, is white, right? We're Irish-Scottish on that side. And you know, growing up in this family and knowing that they were kind of my base and my home and where I felt right. most comfortable was incredible. Um, but I couldn't help but see like when we went to, you know, visit my grandparents' house, they lived in an area where there were a lot of factories, there was a lot of manufacturing. Um, even though I didn't know what it was, like environmental justice and environmental exploitation of, you know, brown and black communities was something yeah. I saw firsthand growing up, right? Um, and then as I got older and got more aware of issues and engaged in things that were going on, uh, there was an incident that happened at my high school where my high school football coach said a really racist remark to all of the football players there, and it got reported. And there was a huge um, focus on what had happened and what he had done and what were going to be the consequences. I think for the first time ever, in the history of my small town, the NAACP were, was there at the school right. having meetings with leadership, right? And so 
all of these things, um, you know, and I think the the important thing was it wasn't like racist things weren't happening before my town. It was nobody was talking about them or they weren't coming to the light of day. And I saw just how powerful that was. And it really motivated me to take some action and to start, you know, having these conversations in the open and start working on on these things um, that were that were there, that were real and that they needed people to to engage in them. And so you were a student leader during that time. So how did you uh, navigate that? Yeah, you know, it was interesting because my, um, you know, my sister and I were one of only a handful of, um, of students of color, back, and this was back in the early 90s. Um, there were probably just like less than 10 of us in the entire school. But after that incident, we actually started a group of four, you know, the brown and black kids at the school. Um, and I will say there was only one black kid and there was like, you know, about eight or nine brown kids. But we were really... Um, you know, using that opportunity to have a place where we can come together, where we could talk about what our experiences were, but also had um, an opportunity for allies to come and, and really be aware of the issues and what was happening and have a better understanding of what was happening. So that was really, you know, one of the first incidents for me where, right. you you know, I saw that, you know, you could start things, you could take action and you can make a difference. Yeah, that's great. And uh, now in your role as a leader and uh, as the chair how do you approach challenges and navigate uh, setbacks? Yeah, you know, it's, I think it's true for anybody who's working in any role of leadership, no matter what it is, whether it's government, whether it is education, right. whether it is, um, you know, any kind of industry, like you deal with issues that are by nature very complex. And as you're dealing with these issues, as, as you have people working on trying to figure things out, there's always going to be obstacles. There's always going to be challenges. Some of those are going to be, you know, institutional things. Some of them are personality conflict. Right. I mean, you know, you name it, it happens. And so I always try to remember in the midst of the work, in the midst of all of the like tough, messy work that's happening, um, what we're ultimately trying to get, like what place we're ultimately trying to get to, what we're trying to build, and how everybody there is really there because they want to be part of the solution and trying to focus on on that. And it, it's hard because sometimes it's easy to get caught up in those things that are happening. But for me, remembering what it is we're trying to build right. is the key. And, and, you know, for me, when I look at Multnomah County, when I look at our community, you know, I want us to be to have a place, to have a county, to have a community where everybody has the chance to thrive and that to create that opportunity where everyone has the chance to thrive, right. we have to break down these systems and these barriers that are unfair, that lead to these disparate you know, outcomes that we have today, that we've been dealing with it for decades and hundreds of years, and, and really be that change that we want to see and make those changes that we know need to happen. Um. When I think back on my uh, K-12 journey, a lot of uh, people really helped me uh, in different times and some of my, the toughest times uh, to get through barriers and to reach goals. And how did that uh, play out for you with like mentors and people um, in your life that just kind of came in and out at specific times uh, when you needed them? Yeah, you know, it was funny because, you know, I was a smart kid, but I had a lot of problems with um, with kind of follow through or like a big report was, was just so scary to me, right? Like having to write a big term right. paper now that I'm grown up, like I realized, Oh, I had ADHD and I didn't like, it was <laughs> never like, I, we didn't even know what that was at the time. Right. But like, 
you know, when my, my kids have gone through the same thing and they're, when they said like, you know, to someone with ADHD, a blank piece of paper is the most scary thing in the world. I'm like, that is me. I'm raising my hand to that. So, um, so as I was, you know, really dealing like, you know, as a student, like I said, I enjoyed learning. I loved learning. I loved reading. I loved every subject from math to science, to English, to history. I mean, like I loved it, but I, I did have challenges. And, and so it was people like, um, my eighth grade science teacher, for instance, who also, cause I went to a small school also was my English teacher. And, um, she was the person who, um, really encouraged me to do things with writing, with speaking, with, you know, just being, using my voice in a way that was, that helps me, you know, as I was getting ready to, to go into high school and really right. thinking about what's next, like how to use my voice. And that was, that was really key. And then I have to say my parents were huge, right? Like when I was, um, when I was not living up to my potential, when they knew I was, you know, kind of fooling around when I should have been focusing, like they were, they were about keeping me in line and doing what it takes to make sure that, that I had the support and that I had the environment I needed to, to do that. And, um, and that's been really powerful for me in, as I think about what we need in our community, but also as a parent, when I think about, you know, what I want to do for my own kids. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, when you grow up seeing it, then it, it's uh, ingrained in you to do the same for others. That's, I had a, a similar experience to that as well. Um, I, I also, uh, for the people listening, I, I want to um, make sure that we are really like uh, helping aspiring leaders. And what about um, people coming up uh, that are interested in government and uh, students of color and college students that kind of want to follow your pathway and role? What advice uh, do you have for them? Yeah, this is, I mean, one of the things that I think is so great about Oregon is that it is so easy to get involved in those issues that you care about. We are a small enough state that, you know, it's pretty easy um, to reach out to the to the folks in elected office that you admire or have questions about, you know. Um, I remember being a state legislator and, and, you know, people who come into the building, they're like, I didn't realize you could just come and set up an appointment so easily to like meet with, with the person who represented you. So that's one thing I would say is, is it seems scary. I think to engage with people who have like a Senator representative or commissioner or mayor or chair in front of their name, but we're just people and we're doing this work because we believe we can do better. And so remember that. And then I think the other thing is, you know, I think people are more open to um, helping bring up like the next generation because, you know, we need we need to keep doing this good work and and it can't all be on just one person in one office to do it. We need everybody there um, working hard and, and you know, using their own gifts to, to make that change. And that's um, and I think that's something that people who are interested in doing that work, you know, you think like, oh, I'm going to do, you know, reach this office and be able to do it. I mean, you can do that now, or you can engage with the people who are doing that work in different ways. Um, you know, working on somebody's campaign or, you know, applying to be on their staff or doing an internship, right? Um, we have this program at the, at Multnomah County, which is all about like helping people come and get paid internships in the County wow. and they get to see, and it's all over, it's all sorts of different, um, work throughout the County. Um, but we definitely have, um, a couple, you know, who are up on the sixth floor, more than a couple, um, who are really getting to see what the work is like, you know, for the people nice. who are elected to represent them. That's great. Um, as I uh, think about the county and the work that you guys are doing, I just want to uh, give my appreciation uh, for everything that you guys do uh, for 
school districts and ESDs. And can you speak to some of those initiatives that um, barriers that districts face that the county uh, has been helping with? Yeah, you know, I mean, the work of government is hard. I think the work of education is even harder, right? I mean, because there are so many complexities um, that that you as educators, that people in staff, that students and families have to deal with it. And a lot of it's out of the control, right, of, of the folks, right? School districts have to budget based on what they receive from the state legislature, right? right? Like in that, you know, and so that is tough. And we know that there are big inequities built into the system. You know, when you look at, you know, districts where they're able to maybe fundraise more schools where they're able to fundraise more than others. And, and how do, you know, how do you deal with that? So for the work of Multnomah County, you know, we always have tried to um, focus on the people that, that um, need our help the most, where our investments can make the biggest difference. We, we focus very often on two generational folks or whole family uh, um, approaches to the ways that we make investments. And we have really done that a lot with our educational investments. So we have our SUN program, which is yeah. Schools Uniting Neighborhood, which right. is, I think, the, one of the strongest ways, right, that the county shows up for education. Um, this is really about how schools themselves are, are community um, keystones, right? Like they are, they are the connectors. They are already there. And so what can we do as a government to really leverage that to be able to provide the resources that our students need, that our family needs, that our community needs. So that looks like everything from after-school activities. It looks like food um, pantries. It looks like energy assistance, right? It looks like navigation services for families so that they can con get connected to the benefits and the programs that are going to help them and their families, right? And so that has been uh, a really big focus. And there's a lot of work that's happening right now um, at the county with our with our SUN system. So you know, we passed our budget um, at the beginning of June for this for this new fiscal year that began July 1st. And um, we wanted to make sure that we were keeping the Sun Community School sites whole. So we maintained four existing um, school sites that were under threat of closing. Right. And those were specifically in East County. Those were specifically, we know, serving um, populations that really need these services and rely on these services. And that was a that was a really important investment to make. We've also wanted to make sure that the staffing that we have for our SUN programs are really is, is you know, meets the needs there. Right. And so we've, we were able to fund a couple different positions there. And that's like an ongoing conversation about what's needed and what the schools need. Um, we looked at um, school meals, right, and how um, kids are getting the, the food that they need. Um, we wanted to make sure that we were still able to provide free meals in the summer for our students we know that really a lot important. of the, yeah. And, and, you know, we had during COVID, it, COVID was so tough for everybody, but the, the fact that we had so many federal dollars coming into our communities yes. to help with things like hunger, to help with things like, um, you know, the childcare tax credit to help folks who weren't working, right. Those things made a huge difference in addressing hunger in our country. Right. And the fact that those ended and they didn't continue. And now, you know, where we were having a 40% decrease in hunger in this country and that went away, that's a, that's a bad thing. So, so trying to, as much as we can locally, help fill some of those gaps, um, you know, we're trying to do. The, the problem is, like, we don't have the resources of the federal government. So, we, you know, you have to have a lot of hard decisions, especially as those um, American Rescue Plan dollars are, are ending this year to do yeah. that. So 
But we know that our commitment to investing in our schools is a long-term thing. We are working right now on a new um, request for proposal process for our Sun school system. So this is a really big endeavor for the county. It means that we are examining the role of the Sun schools, the needs of the, the school districts, the needs of the families, how the providers that we contract with are, are um, like showing up in the schools and the different programs. And this is a big thing that we, you know, we've been working on. And when that goes out, um, that RFP goes out, it's going to have, we know it's going to have a big impact. So that's why I've been talking to a lot of the school superintendents and yeah. the families and the providers about, about what this is going to look like in our department of County human services has been working hard on that too. And I think that um, consistency with Sun schools is so important. And so um, I really appreciate all the work that's happening there. I think that uh, students, it's, it's a uh, direct connection to students. They build relationships. They know their staff. They're able to really um, get support. And it's uh, such a need, especially after the pandemic. Um, what would you say, you touched on this a bit, but what would you say is the biggest obstacle um, to um, continuing that educational progress? For, for kids in general? Um, yeah, I, I think I know what it would be possibly funding, but maybe it's, um, you know, it could be something else. It could be policies. It could be removing um, barriers for students. Um, but just the, uh, the consistency of keeping educational programs going for kids, what would you say would be the biggest barrier for that? Oh, I mean, funding. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, yes, that, that is like almost... It goes without saying that funding is, of course, the the biggest barrier because and it's that consistent funding, right? It's that ongoing funding um, where, like I said before, we see all the power of the federal government stepping in and just being able to, like, you know, shoot money into communities and right. have and have a difference in people's lives every day. Um, we know it doesn't work that way at the state level. It doesn't work that way at the local level because we just don't have that much that power. So I know, you know, when the state does their budget for the biennium for every two years. It's really, you know, schools are like just kind of waiting and seeing what's going to happen. Are we going to have to make cuts? Are we going to be able to um, keep these programs going that we want to have? Or are there going to be really tough decisions that we have to make in terms of class size and staffing and programming and all of that? And that's really hard. If we are trying to build a stable system, if we're trying to have um, consistent, um, you know, rich programming for our students where we're trying to, you know, face ongoing disparities um, in access to ki for kids. And especially after COVID and especially after knowing that our kids went through so much um, in terms of lack of, app, you know, lack of engagement with the distance learning and all of the higher levels of stress and anxiety and, you know, some of the mental health issues that we're seeing as well. That's something that's really top of mind for me yeah. when we talk about it. So, um, you know, I think it's both funding is a piece of it, but then also um, another thing I would say that is a challenge is just having the right scope of resources that kids today need. And one of the ways that, you know, the county has shown up and will continue to show up is in our the physical and mental well-being of the students. So we have school-based health clinics, the student health centers. Um, that are in schools all across the county yeah. that are about providing um, both physical health resources. We also have um, mental health resources that we put in schools, you know, elementary, junior high, high schools, uh, because we know that's where the need is. And so we're, you know, we're going to continue to work with schools about the, you know, about those types of programs, about those resources, um, because we know it's a need today and it's going to be a, it's going to continue to be a need in the future. 
I think um, just in listening to uh, you share, there's a huge focus on partnerships, um, the mental health uh, partnerships, uh, the programs that we provide, hospital programs, as well as uh, Sun Schools. Are there some other partnerships that you would like to um, highlight that are uh, go, working across the region uh, from between government agencies and school districts? Yeah, you know, one of the things that I am very excited about is Preschool for All. Um, Preschool for Yay. All. Yay! Yeah, that's I amazing. Know. Yeah. I, um, this is something that, you know, when we talk about all the challenges we have, this is something that gives me hope. This is something that I think is such a such an important investment for community for our communities and are going to have such long-term impact, positive impact for our community. So um, we are we are in the early stages of preschool for all, the early years of preschool for all. Um, but this was a ballot measure that was passed in November of 2020 that is going to bring quality universal preschool to all three and four-year-olds in Multnomah County. Right. And I was part of the group that worked on this. I was a, a, a leader in bringing together folks to talk about what this could look like, what this could be. Um, I'm really proud of the way that we did develop it because it wasn't just, you know, oh, we're going to have some experts come in and tell us what we should do here. We really took a very long, like years long process to bring together, you know, school districts, early education experts, you know, healthcare, housing folks, elected officials, all of the people that you normally think of would be at a table like this, but we also brought in parent voice. We also used the existing structures that we had um, through Early Learning Multnomah, um, the Parent Accountability Council, which is really made up of, of moms of brown and black kids who have gone through our school systems, who have gone through uh, preschools here and, and know what they didn't receive. They know what they wanted it to look like. And we're really excited to be a part of creating something um, different, something that really would serve them. And so we we came up with um, the program for Preschool for All. We knew that we wanted to focus on the children who had the least access to quality preschool at that time, which, of course, were, you know, kids living in poverty, brown and black kids, kids where they were speaking languages other than English in their home, kids um, from single parent households. Um, children who were experiencing homelessness in their family, right? And so we built a program that really focused on those kids first as right. we were growing to universal access. And we have had the first year, we just wrapped up the first year of Preschool for All, with where we had over 700 children participate, awesome. which is really wonderful. We were, you know, we were trying to get to 500. So the fact that we got over 700 was great. Um, we have um, now we're getting ready for our second full year of preschool for all with the classrooms. Um, and we're going to double that, at least double the number of students that we're serving in this next year as we're growing over the next 10 years to get to universal. So it's really exciting. I will say anybody who's listening, who is interested in early education, who has thought about how cool it would be to work for kids, uh, let me know or check out preschool for all because right. we need the teachers. We need the people who are going to be you know, the teachers and the leaders for these, these little ones getting that education. I just want to say um, there's so many positive things happening across the county, and I want to uh, thank you and give you your flowers of appreciation, as well as um, the teachers and the nurses and everybody that's working across the county for, for kids and doing uh, this positive work. Uh, school districts, we can't do it alone. We need uh, partners. We need, resor uh, we need resources. We need advocates for our students. And I just uh, want to thank you uh, 
Chair Peter, Vega Peterson for coming and uh, for sharing and also for inspiring listeners. So if there's anything that you want to share or there's anything that we didn't cover that's important for people to know, uh, go for it. No, I think it's great. I mean, I think the one thing that about Preschool for All that's so exciting is that we're doing that in partnership with small home-based providers. We're doing it with, with you know, childcare places, but we're also doing it in partnership with school districts. And so having, right. you know, David Douglas and Park Rose and Portland Public Schools like be partners in this work has been so meaningful. That's how we're going to grow. That's how we're going to change the trajectory for these children and these families. And I'm just really excited about that. I'm also just excited about, you know, the work that we can do together when we have, when we break down the silos, when we're really having these good conversations about what we need for our communities and we have the education folks working on it and the county folks and the city folks and say, that's how we're going to be making the change. And that's where, how we um, also want to have the parents and the families have their voices. And, you know, I'm, I'm an optimist by nature. And I think that right. we, we have a great um, opportunity right now to be building that future we want to be building that county we want. And that that's what keeps me going every day. And so I hope, I hope the folks that are listening feel that too, and yeah. want to be a part of that. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. And, uh, Let's uh, keep this preschool for all going. We need every single um, classroom, school, and student to be served. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. It's been great. Mm -hmm.